Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Listening to the crashing waves on the ocean can be intoxicating, even before your first cocktail. This is the sound of summer at the Jersey Shore, and there are high hopes for Memorial Day and beyond. I think it's going to be a banner season as long as Mother Nature cooperates with us and we have good weather. COVID is not the concern it was two years ago, but with cases rising, it's still a factor. I think there's still a percentage of people who don't feel comfortable dining indoors. Um, Probably, you know, 10, 15, 20 percent of our potential customers still feel nervous about it. The bigger problem for businesses is staffing. It's always a concern. You know, um, you know, the last couple of seasons, by the end of the year especially, we did have to, you know, adjust our ride park hours because we didn't have enough people to um, maintain more than one shift per day. As was the case last summer, it's a job seekers market. This is the first time the lowest earners in our industry have leverage, and good for them. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, nobody likes adding on to their costs, but it makes me feel better that we have people working in our buildings now who can, live, who can make a living wage. There's also the issue of inflation. We try not to raise prices, you know, where we can avoid it. But unfortunately, you know, there are, you know, as always, some increases, you know, especially to food. This week on 880 In-Depth, the summer outlook at the Jersey Shore. Welcome to 880 In-Depth. I'm Michael Wallace. This is the time of year when summer comes into sight. The Memorial Day weekend signals that school is in the home stretch and vacation is right around the corner. Travel budgets might be tighter this year because of rising prices. With the price of airplanes going up and everything, people may spend more locally than flying to the islands or something. So it's just, you know, we'll figure it out by, again, I expect us to have a fantastic season. This is also the time of year when shore businesses need to make money. The season is short. A little later, we'll hear from a Jersey Shore mayor and a spokesperson for a major boardwalk and amusement complex. But first, our conversation with restaurateur Tim McClune. He operates 11 restaurants, including eight at the shore. We do feel that unless there's some surge um, with the virus again, that we're going to have really robust sales this summer, though. He tells WCBS reporter Peter Haskell COVID is not the nightmare it was two years ago, nor is it of the concern it was last year, but it's still out there. I think there's still a percentage of people who don't feel comfortable dining indoors. Um, probably, you know, 10, 15, 20 percent of our potential customers still feel nervous about it. Um, so I think that's always there. Um, we do have a lot of outside dining, and I think that's the appeal. So people even if they are still nervous about being around others, they're more than content to eat outside. So we've really been emphasizing at all the places we have that have significant outside dining, that that's available. And that's what fills up first. It would anyway, um, you know, if it's nice enough outside and we have a number of places on, on the water with nice views. 
So the outside would go first anyway, but now there's even more pressure on the outside. Of course, the irony for us is getting staffed up well enough that we can handle both the outside and the inside. Um, it's better than it was, but it's still an issue. So I was going to ask you about that last year. I know staffing was a big problem. How are things different this year in terms of staffing, and and how has the pay scale changed? Well, two different things there. As far as our staffing, I think that last year we certainly depended a lot upon um, 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds, college kids to fill in um, the staffing. Um, and I think that there were a lot of parents who were discouraging their children last year from working in restaurants because they'd be inside and it would be crowded and all the rest. And I absolutely understand that. That doesn't seem to be the case this year. We're getting a more normal influx of college kids on vacation working for us, including my daughter. Um, and it seems like that's gone away. As far as the pay scale goes, that has absolutely gone up. Um, we had to be more competitive in a marketplace. And so we went to a minimum of $15 for anyone that works in the restaurant is absolutely the minimum. But a very small percentage of our employees are making that. Almost everyone is making more than that. And to retain the higher skilled people, we've had to do a lot of raises over the last um, six months and particularly over the last month, um, trying to just solidify our workforce. Uh, because certainly people are tempted to go someplace else. As I've said many times, this is the first time the lowest earners in our industry have leverage, and good for them. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, nobody likes adding on to their costs, but it makes me feel better that we have people working in our buildings now who can live with, who can make a living wage. The rising staffing costs are just part of the equation. The price of everything is going up, with inflation taking a bite out of the bottom line. The cost of goods for us seemed to be somewhat random for a good period of time. Certain sectors, whether it was beef products or certain seafood or whatever, seemed to be uh, edging up. Uh, now it's pretty significant. Uh, even in some cases, we just can't get some things. Um, it, it does look like it's getting to be get to a, a critical point here. Um, we're able to get everything we need um, but our food cost percentages are up a couple of points, and that may not sound like much to people, but any point that you give up is more pressure. And so what do we do? Do we pass it on to the customer? Um, you, you have to be really careful with that because I don't want people to see our business as something that's just um, you know, going for prices. We need to maintain what people come to us for, which is what I've always said is I think we give people we used to refer to it as upscale dining for the whole family. <laughs> I'm not sure that still works, but the idea being that on our menus, you can find something that you can get that's relatively modestly priced. I think what's going to happen is that the more um, pricey items are going to get even pricier. You know, a specific cut of beef or whatever, or lobster or crab meat, things like that, crab meat in particular those things are going to be just costing more and more for us. But someone doesn't have to buy that, you know, if we have other items that they also enjoy and we can hold the line on those prices. Um, it, it's a really touchy balance that we have to do here to not have the customers think that we're, in essence, ripping them off when, in fact, our costs are 
going up pretty severely. How do you walk that fine line? Well, that's the that's the challenge. Is that you know we we know how people view us. Um, we're not inexpensive at all. But like I say, we we try to make it so that someone who wants to go out to eat and wants to go to a nice place that they can find things on our menu that they can afford. And so the balance for us is, you know, it's called menu engineering is how do we do that? You know, and I think the way we do it is we just keep talking it through. I've always felt that my job and our company is to be the customer. What do I expect to have happen when, when, when I go out and whether it's in our places or somebody else's places, what do I expect? And so we try to keep our level, you know, we've been discussing bread a lot, giving people, um, free bread in essence, giving people side salads that they don't pay for the whole, you know, the biggest thing for us right now is credit card charges. Um, a lot of restaurants are passing those credit card charges onto the customer. Um, we have not done that, but I will admit we're considering it when it can be as much as 3.1%, something like that. Um, it's the hardest thing about our business right now is figuring out our costs. Jenkinson's Boardwalk is also fighting inflation. We'll hear from their marketing director in a few minutes. We try not to raise prices, you know, where we can avoid it. But unfortunately, you know, there are, you know, as always, some increases, you know, especially the food, because that's, you know, that our prices have gone, you know, through the roof. But let's turn to Asbury Park Mayor John Moore. He spoke to our Peter Haskell. Uh, yeah, the inflation, the price of gasoline, the price of everything is like, you know, ridiculous. And uh, all the restaurants, all the merchants, all the boardwalkers, like, and every, every store in like you know, part of the country is saying, hey, look, don't take it out on us. Our prices, if we have to raise the prices a couple of bucks, it's because of their costs have gone up also. Uh, I think we'll have uh, a, a good local crowd and a good crowd from uh, outside you know, the immediate area travel to Asbury Park just because of it's Asbury Park. And uh, we were named one of the top 25 beaches in the United States, the only one in New Jersey by Top Travel Magazine. So uh, Asbury Park is unique. Uh, we have a fantastic boardwalk of close to a mile long with great uh, restaurants, uh, arcades, Silver Ball Museum, miniature uh, golf, a splash water park. Uh, so besides the beach itself, there's plenty to do on the boardwalk. And again, we're only like, you know, a little walk from the beach area to the central business district with, again, many great businesses, many great shops and fantastic restaurants there also. So we have a lot to offer. And uh, I think, again, depending upon the weather, it's going to be a record-breaking year because of what happened last Saturday when it was like 90 degrees out. And again, it was like a Saturday in July on the beaches where our DPW staff did an excellent job getting them clean just because nobody expected that type of crowd. So, um, again, it's key. You know, we're key on Mother Nature. As long as Mother Nature gives us good weather, we'll have a great year, and I think people will travel to the beaches uh, people probably, with the price of airplanes going up and everything, people may spend more locally than flying to the islands or something. So it's just, you know, it, it, we'll, we'll figure it out. By, again, I expect us to have a fantastic uh, season, and I'm just hoping it's a safe season. And, again, that's dependent on the visitors. Like, listen to the lifeguards, read the signs, don't go worry. Please worry about the riptides. Read the directions about riptides. Uh, because they have become an uh, issue in the past decade. So 
as long as everybody follows the rules and regulations and acts responsible, it should be a safe summer for all. That's the key thing that we want, just a safe summer for all visiting Asbury Park. Do you get a sense that COVID is still a factor, be it uh, people coming to the beach or more specifically going indoors to restaurants and places? Uh, I haven't seen, again, like last Saturday, the boardwalk, the beach, the restaurants, the bars, everything was packed. Uh, so right now, as much as COVID has gone up a little bit recently uh, compared to uh, how it's broke down after February, the uh, positive rate has increased somewhat in New Jersey. Uh, it hasn't stopped people from coming to Asbury Park and enjoying themselves. The thriving short town is still trying to recover from the pandemic downturn. We lost a couple businesses, uh, more on, I'm going to say, the central business district and the boardwalk area. But uh, the majority of them have like, come back very, very strong. And the business has been fantastic. And uh, their biggest complaint was trying to find enough help to like keep all the ships running and everything. So uh, as far as business-wise, I think last summer and uh, this uh, fall and spring, everybody's had a, a great year so far, and I expect it to continue into the summer. We heard last year about these problems with hiring people. Do you have a sense whether it's better or worse this year or basically the same? I think it's uh, better than last year, but still not like how it was in 2019 or 2020, uh, you know, as far as getting people back to work. Some people have told me they're still short uh, of staff, but much better than last year. How does that impact things? And as a, as a municipality, yeah, have you been able to find the people you need, lifeguards and things like that? Yes, uh, the city's in good shape, both with uh, seasonal help, be it uh, lifeguards, uh, beach badge takers, uh, employees to clean up the beaches, uh, bathroom matrons and uh, gentlemen. So uh, we're, we're in good shape, and uh, we have great employees running the department. So, uh, again, uh, the city's in good shape with the good employees that make it possible. And then, again, what we need is like some cooperation from uh, Mother Nature, and she gives us great weather. I think it'll be a record-breaking summer. Down at Point Pleasant Beach, Jenkinson's Boardwalk operates just about everything. Arcades, rides, games, shops, restaurants, and bars. Marketing Director Toby Wolf thinks they're ready to go. Our beach was open last weekend, so the uh, whole team got a you know weekend in under their belts with you know the new staff is ready to go for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, so the beach is going to be opening now daily. Uh, starting um, either this Friday or Saturday, depending on you know the weather, and um, you know we're we're gonna full bore you know after this week. You know Memorial Day is, as everyone knows, the unofficial start to summer at the Jersey Shore, and uh, you know just keeping track of the weather, which you know keeps changing on us. But uh, you know I think we're in for a good weekend no matter what. You talked about last weekend getting a bit of a head start. Staffing. How did things look this year, and how does it compare to last year? Um, it's a little bit ahead of last year. Um, we do have, you know, some students in this year that we didn't have last year, and um, you know, we're with the local kids. We are tracking a little bit ahead. You know, we did see some areas where you know we could, you know, up the up our game on get more kids in working. Uh, you know, so that was, you know, a good thing about last weekend. 
was that, you know, before we get, you know, full steam ahead, it gave us a little bit of a buffer to, you know, amp up some, in some areas, you know, with the, you know, get more people working in food services, possibly the arcades, stuff like that. So, you know, it was nice to have, you know, a successful, you know, opening beach weekend, especially last week. Do you have the foreign workers back that you couldn't necessarily bring in the past year or two? Yes, we do have, uh, you know, students in from several different countries. Uh, I believe there's some Asia, I believe there's South America, maybe even a little bit, a few European countries. But I don't know them all off the top of my head. (laughs) But we do have kids in this year working. Do you have concerns about keeping all the all the rides and all the arcades fully staffed? It's always a concern, you know. Um, you know, the last couple of seasons, by the end of the year, especially, we did have to, you know, adjust our ride park hours because we didn't have enough people to um, maintain more than one shift per day. You know, we're hoping to avoid that this year. Uh, you know, we've been a little bit more aggressive. And, you know, some of the perks and benefits of working here, you know, we've worked with some other attractions in the area to, you know, allow, you know, their staff to come here for the day, our staff to go there for the day, just little incentives, you know, that we've been working with other other parks and other um, attractions in the area. You just try to improve, you know, besides, you know, increasing some of the hourly wages and other incentives that we have. Just, you know, trying to make it more fun and attract the kids to, you know, want to come work for the summer. Wolf is hopeful if people stay close to home, they'll have a profitable summer. But with so many variables, she's not sure what to expect. You you kind of get people with various different opinions on that. You know, some people think, hey, you know, with the gas prices, people aren't going to want to travel or, you know, they're going to stay closer to home. So, but what does closer to home mean? You know, is it that, you know, people in this area are going are gonna to just, you know, they're not going to maybe do the long road trip. You know, maybe they would go out, like, to do a long trip to the Grand Canyon or cross country or things like that. So maybe the more local people will be in this area. You know, they'll stay in this area. They'll do the day trips and the family trips and things like that. So that, you know, could be good for the local attractions. Or then maybe, you know, they have other people that, that are concerned that people maybe more an hour and a half, two hours out might not do, you know, as many trips to the area. So I think there's lots of different theories on it. We're just going to have to see how it pans out. You know, some, a lot of times we use our Easter sale that we have every year as a gauge, you know, to see. So that's when people are really getting great savings and planning their their summers. They're going to come visit Jenkinson. And, um, you know, it was it was a good, it was a good sale. Um, you know, so that encourages us that people are planning to come out for the summer. Of course, the biggest factor is always the weather. That's it for 880 In-Depth this week, a week where we found out we won a Regional Morrow Award for Best Podcast. We are thrilled at the honor and look forward to competing for the National Morrow Award later this year. The executive producers are Tim Scheld and Peter Haskell. Our thanks to Tim McClune, John Moore, and Toby Wolf. 880 In-Depth gives us a chance to focus on an important issue in our community. You can find us at WCBS880.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your audio. And please subscribe. I'm Michael Wallace. Thanks for listening, and have a safe summer. Baseball is
is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 